Well, our moms think we're funny. Hello, everybody. This is Turk182. And I'm Akomi. What is up, babies? Oh, man. I don't know what's going on. But, uh, you know, this is uh, one of our big recording weekends, and so far I'm digging it. Yeah. We made up for our... uh, our unfortunate travesty that was the Islander Dr. Moreau. Uh, and fuck Dr. Watch. Moreau. <laughs> fuck him and his stupid animal ass. <laughs> no, Turk, no. He's just talking the podcast. So, oh, that's yeah. what they could do. They could, like, redo, like, a, like Ace Ventura 3. He ends up on the island Dr. Moreau. <laughs> And That's he, not where I thought you were going with that, but okay. And he, he he's torn between like whether they should be returned to being animals or if they should be able to live their life in human form, <laughs> and whether whether Doc Moreau is a good guy or a bad guy. And in the end, um, he takes extracts from all the different animals because you know after after you inject them, you've got to like get samples of their DNA so you can kind of see what's going on and how it's affecting them. Yeah. And so. Ace Ventura takes the extracts from all those. He injects himself with all of them so he can, like, either save the animals or defeat Dr. Moreau or whatever. So, <laughs> you know, he's running around with, like, a uh, like a monkey tail and tiger claws and big rhinoceros <laughs> horn. Just looks completely goofy. <laughs> but with, you know, Jim Carrey's son and making all kinds of ridiculous faces and, and, and I'd be into movements. It. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'd one totally be into like it. one leg is like a rhino, so <laughs> and the other is like a cheetah. So he's like, ah, he's running all funny. <laughs> so his left leg runs faster than his right leg, so he's just like running in circles. Right. <laughs> I can't stop. Spike, help me. <laughs> and then we get that that one that one scene where you know, like his pet monkey just like puts his hands over his eyes and like rolls yeah. his head. <laughs> Oh, oh man! But yeah, so how's everybody doing? Hope everyone's good. Uh, yeah, I'm doing all right, except for you, Greg. Jesus, that guy. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, Greg's been going through a lot of stuff lately, so I'm not gonna give him a, a hard time. <laughs> all Greg's been going through is just simping for a cam girl. That's all. Well, I mean, you know what they say, man. You know. Uh, it's like the song says, "Don't fall in love." She's a she's a beauty, but she's one in a million girls, man. <laughs> Just yeah, no, I don't think that applies to to cam girls with OnlyFans. No, never make a whole housewife. <laughs> What? That's a saying, man. Okay. I'm just this what you do, man. You don't. You just can't. Uh, yeah. I mean, even you can. It just it's not okay. gonna work out well for you. <laughs> sure. But yeah, so um, so we've been talking about like movies and stuff a lot <laughs> throughout the course of this podcast. I, I didn't ease into that as smoothly as I thought I was going to. Not, not at all. Can you, you, you tell? Want, you want a, a second? No, I'm just going to lean right into it and own it. <laughs> Fuck making things right. Uh, but yeah, well, no, we're big movie fans. We talk about movies a lot. And of course, we always have our fun talking about hypotheticals. So, God, that's so fucking stupid. Uh, yeah, that that whole thing. Yeah. I mean, neti pots and all that jazz. But that's just that she's holding this big ass device up to her face and shooting water up her nose. So, hey, have you ever thought about waterboarding yourself at home? <laughs> <laughs> Here you go. Uh, yeah, but uh, but yeah. So sorry, people. <laughs> yeah, you you know we keep our TV going on mute so we can at least have something to look at. Uh, but yeah, no. Um, we started talking about you know oh you know certain movies what would you do if you were in that situation what would you do differently what would you do the same all that kind of thing 
And then we realized, it's like, well, wait, there's a damn lot of movies out there. So we could actually do a number of conversations like this and just kind of focus on different things. Like, oh, today let's talk about books. You know, the next episode we can talk about, uh, like, fantasy movies. Next episode we can talk about sci-fi movies, whatever. You know, there's, you know, sky's the limit. And we can stay pretty well focused in the, in, like, specific genres during a specific episode. Okay. I mean, that's not exactly where this whole podcast is going from now till eternity. I'm just saying, you know, this can be sort of a series. Sort of like how we have, you know, other series, like our hypothetical questions and things like that. Yeah, we can just revisit it from time to time. If, yeah, if we feel yeah. it's appropriate and we get something new to add to it. Whenever we're stuck for other topics. Yeah. Because, you know, that happens. Because, you know, sometimes you're just like, I have no idea what's going on. It's like <laughs> my brain is fried. So yeah, so do you have any movies you want to jump into? I've I've got a I've got one or two ideas. So I was gonna say, yeah, I thought that you were gonna start off with because this was your idea. I, that doesn't mean I have anything prepared. Well, I would hope you did. You well, just kind of sprung it on me and be like, hey, do something, man. Look at who the hell you're talking to here. I never prepare for anything. But yeah, okay. Um, let's let's start easy. Let's do some low hanging fruit here, and we don't have to like limit ourselves to a specific topic or genre this time because you know we're we're kind of learning how this how this will go. Uh, so let's start off easy. Lord of the Rings. You're the ring bearer. You inherit Bilbo's ring. So I'm Mr. Frodo? You're Mr. Frodo. All right. I am Mr. Frodo. So you're saying, so, what would I do? Yeah. How would you handle it compared to how Frodo handled it? Aside from immediately making sweet, sweet love to Sam, because, you know, we would all immediately go there. But... Uh, no. I, I think I would probably cuck Sam. <laughs> I know he wants me. And I'm... <laughs> So you just do Pippin and let Sam watch from the closet. Why do? Why does it have to be gay? Why, I mean, <laughs> why does it have to be gay? Because they're hobbits. But they're hobbits. They're not elves. Hobbits are inherently gay. Well, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Well, elves are just effeminate. That doesn't mean that they're gay. Just because hobbits have hairy feet doesn't mean they're gay. What are you trying to say about the gay community there, Comey? <laughs> um. So, oh God, it's been a. They said I'm trying to think. Like, what was it that made Frodo? I know he. He used the ring that one time to kind of hide when the wraiths were coming after him, or something was coming after him. Uh, and cause yeah, it was the wraiths. But the wraiths are attracted to the ring mm-hmm. when he puts it on, though. Yeah, yeah. It it like pretty much sends up a signal so that they know to come after him. If I'm remembering right, it's been a little while since I've read the books or seen the movies. But what was it that made him continue to put it on? Because he had used it a couple more times, and that's when it really kind of like dug its claws into him. Yeah, it's it just it controls people. It makes them wear it because that increases its visibility to Sauron. Yeah, so but it's a cursed artifact, basically. But it was like it was he he wore it. I thought he wore it a couple times before it really kind of like like took its hold. Before he was like, oh, I kind of like this. So it's like tr- ring crack. I'm trying to <laughs> ring crack. Trying to remember the first time he puts it on. No, he doesn't put it on. I, I thought that it was when they first see the ring wraith on the trail and they're hiding under the log, mm-hmm. and it's like on top of the logs, sniffing over them, which is actually like frame for frame identical to what happens in the Bakshi movie. Like, I just I've, I've seen that. The, there was a couple of the side by sides that yeah, they saw of that, yeah. which I'm not complaining, but I mean, it, it was it's just a nice homage. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it was like oh, pretty cool. I'm taking something that was already really well done and, and you know beloved, and I'm going to say, hey, I'm not throwing that out. I'm actually taking it and kind of trying to expand on it. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so he almost puts it on there, but he doesn't. And so then they leave. So they meet Aragorn. They don't wear it. Then he puts it on the first time on Weathertop, and they're surrounded by the ring raids. There was like four or five that surrounded them, 
And so he puts it on, and he sees the Ring Wraiths in their true form at that time, and one of them stabs him with the vanishing blade that breaks off inside of him. And don't make me break my blade off in your ass! <laughs> <laughs> so that's the first time that he wears it in the movies. It's totally different in the books. Uh, or not that, it may be the same there in the books. It's been even longer since I've read the books. Aragorn fights him off. Totally badass. Arwen takes Frodo, races him to Rivendell. They do their big meeting. They form the Fellowship. They wind up in the mines. I don't think he wears them any point in the mines. But that's also right around the time that Baramir first starts getting corrupted by the ring. So I don't think he wears it again until... Baramir comes after him? Yeah, until the breaking of the Fellowship, and he puts it on to break from Baramir's grapple. Hmm. So, so I'm, try- I'm trying to think, you're like, what would I do differently? I Yeah. I don't really know. Uh... I mean, man up would be the thing, but, he, but he's... But, <laughs> man up. Yeah. <laughs> Don't be a pussy, Frodo. You're single-handedly walking into the gates of hell, surrounded by a million creatures that can kill you in one hit. Yeah. Just grow up. <laughs> Come on, this is the kind of adventure that puts hair on your balls. <laughs> um... It's a hard problem to resolve, too. Hair on the balls. Mm. Well, they're hobbits, so I would think that, you know, like, if they had smooth balls, they'd be like, that's like a sign of, like, oh, you're weak, you know? Because <laughs> um, I, I, I'm thinking, I, I would say not trust Gollum, but he's but he's kind of, um, he, he's he's sympathetic to Gollum. And yeah. So, Twas pity that stayed his hand. So I really don't know what I would do differently. Um uh, I think one of the first things, like, Gollum was obviously necessary. They could not have gotten through Mordor without Gollum. Right. But believing Gollum when he says that Sam ate all the food was really stupid. And that actually differentiates from the books. Frodo's not that dumb in the books, but, like, that to me is the low point for Frodo's character. when he's like, go home, Sam. <laughs> Get out of here, you stupid animal! Just go! Yeah, I, uh... And see, he was really kind of sick at that time, too. You know, the, the ring was really calling him. Mm-hmm. It's like... Uh, Clouding his judgment. He was like Pookie from New Jack City. He's like, the, the ring, Sam, the ring. He, he'd be calling me. He'd be calling me. Uh, <laughs> we need to do a Lord of the Rings with Christopher Walken as Frodo. <laughs> this ring. Now, would, would it still work if you, if, like, if you put the ring up your ass? Would you still turn invisible? I don't know. I would think you would. Maybe everything you poop would turn invisible. Well, you'd end up shitting out the ring, though, so you'd end up losing it. <laughs> Depends on how well you wedge it up in there. Well, it, I think you'd still... <laughs> Gotta get it way up in there, Morty! <laughs> way up there! Uh, um, yeah, I don't... Uh, I, can't, I can't really say, man. I, I really can't say what I would do differently. I mean, because it's not like Frodo makes like a lot of bad decisions, except, really for, except for trusting Gollum. But at that point... He, from the time he brings him in, um, the ring is, the ring is pulling on him, mm-hmm. and Gollum is feeding into what he's being told by the ring. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, Other way around. Uh, 
Hmm? Yeah, the other way around, right? The ring is feeding into what Gollum's telling him? Or? No, well, was, I'm trying, I was going to say, was it Gollum or Smeagol? Uh, Smeagol's the, quote, good one. Right, so, so, sorry. so yeah, Gollum is feeding into what the... Because he knows what the ring does and what the ring mm-hmm. wants. So he's feeding into that to separate um, uh, Frodo from Sam. So the ring's whispering in his ear... And Gollum's base is basically telling him the same, selling what he kind of wants to hear already. Uh, and since he in in, in uh, Frodo's mind, he doesn't realize that you know that this thing's been corrupted by it. Yeah. So he's like, "Wow, that was already what I was thinking. This guy's saying the exact same thing that I'm thinking. So it must be true." Right. Right. So, so I don't. I can't really say that he that he does too much wrong. I would just. Just like to, I guess, maybe just be a little bit stronger. Because, uh, you know, he's... Sam Sam mans up, like, from the start. Sam has balls of steel <laughs> from it, the word go. It, and I, I, you know, I always said that, you know, it was because of the, the respect that Sam had for Frodo. And I, I, and I still believe that's true, but I also think it's a little bit more than that. Mm-hmm. I also think it's because he... Whenever Gandalf comes to town... Like everyone's like Gandalf, Gandalf, and he wants to earn Gandalf's respect. Like, like everyone, everyone likes Gandalf. Gandalf likes all of them, but it's different between liking him and really earning his respect. Mm-hmm. The way that um, that uh, what's his name? Um, Bilbo, huh? Bilbo, Bilbo, right? The way that Bilbo had earned his respect. Yeah. Um, even though it kind of does feel like when it's time to take the ring back, that he he's kind of loses a little bit of respect for him when he like flips out yeah even though he knows it's not his fault it's like he kind of flips out a little bit because he's, he's like you know i entrusted you with this because you were a strong character and it's not that you aren't still but it's like i i do see that you weren't as strong as i thought you were yeah be. yeah that's also kind of your not your fault but that's also you putting a lot more faith into a hobbit right than you should not to talk bad about hobbits but these are people that don't know conflict and strife. Right. So for you to think that he would automatically just have this level of will and strength is is kind of wrong. Yeah, yeah. Uh, even after everything they went through, it's like it doesn't. When you survive something like like that, mm-hmm. it doesn't necessarily make you stronger overall. You're just happy that it's over. Yeah, and that you can yeah. return to this life and never have to go through it again. Yep. Um. So. <clears throat> So, but so with Sam, it's like I see that it's more of like I really want to earn Gandalf's respect. Yeah, yeah. And and so one of those people that when he comes into town, it's not like a hey everybody, it's it's me Gandalf. It's like it's like Sam, you know, how are you? It's, you know right. that kind of thing. Um, and uh, and so that's what makes him from the start just be like, yep, you know, this is my job and I'm going to do it. Mm-hmm. And I think I would, if I were Frodo, I would kind of take that on. Not that he's not more serious, but really fight against that fear. Because this is a job I have to do. And also, my... Was his uncle? Was his grandfather? Bilbo was his uncle. Yeah, okay. That's what I thought. Like, he did it. Yeah. He did it. So, I know I can do it. And and if nothing else, nothing else at all, Gandalf's not going to let anything bad happen to me. Right, right. He didn't let anything bad happen to Bilbo. Different situation, obviously. But he didn't let him have anything. He fought a dragon. You know, mm-hmm. so he's not going to let something bad happen to me. I have to know that. Yeah. Yeah. I think the big stuff I would do differently with Frodo would have been right around the point of Rivendell. Because, you know, at the very beginning, you really don't kn- He really doesn't know 
the exact stake that of what's going on here. He knows that Gandalf has told him that this is the One Ring, and he really doesn't realize how freaking serious it is until the Nazgul start chasing them. Mm-hmm. And you know, by that time, by the time they're like, "Oh shit, we're actually we're actually in it pretty deep here." At that point, they have Aragorn with them, right? And Aragorn's shockingly competent for a ranger. If you're just looking at D and D classes, he's like. Well, wow, that's that's a pretty damn good ranger there. <laughs> well, I mean, he is heir to a kingdom. Mm-hmm. So, so, uh, so I, I think around the point of Rivendell is when it's like, okay, well, now I kind of have this whole picture thing. I kind of grasp what exactly it is Sauron wants to accomplish and what exact role the ring is going to play in this. So, I, at that point, the only thing I would really do different, and I don't think it would change the outcome of the journey or anything is that I would start asking different questions than Frodo did. Because all Frodo does is like, I'll take the ring. It's like, okay, do you even know where you're going? Short of east, you know, you're, you're no west, they're traveling west. Short of traveling west, do you even know what you're doing here? Because I don't think you do. And so, I mean, I think for me, it's like I've, I've grown up listening to Bilbo's stories, so it's going to be, okay, well, first question, what about the eagles? Even if they can't fly us all the way, can they at least get us over the Misty Mountains, since that's obviously a problem? They know that they're traveling in winter. They know that the mountains are going to be very, very difficult to pass over, even if even if you can get part, part of the way over. That's why they wind up in the mines. That's why they wind up awakening the Balrog. That's why Gandalf dies. If Gandalf hadn't died, the Fellowship wouldn't have broken at the crossing right. of the river. And yes, ultimately that was for the best. He levels up to Gandalf the White, blah, 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 blah. But it totally changes all the plans. Now the Fellowship's broken. Now everything's running around a hundred million different directions when you could have solved all the problems that the Broken Fellowship solved after you destroyed the ring. It's like, at that point, you could have gotten rid of Wormtongue and Saruman and all that jazz. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I, I think that would be what I would do differently is, like, let's explore our options. Rather than saying, let's get a little strike force and travel on foot all this way through dangerous winter territory... You know, are, are there ways around this? Is there any way we can avoid hazards A, B, and C? I already know from Bilbo's stories that the Misty Mountains are infested with goblins, so what can we do to avoid that? I already know from Bilbo's stories that the forests of Mirkwood are full of spiders and just a weeks-long journey to get through. What can we do to avoid that? That's all stuff that Frodo doesn't even touch on. He doesn't even think about it. He's just like, okay, well, let's all go. And it's like, I, you, you immediately have to start weighing out your other options. Yeah, that's true. And, and, you know, and it's easy for us to say that, you know, coming at it from our perspective, mm-hmm. as opposed to, you know, Frodo, who's never been anything like this. I mean, you know, the hobbits are very simple. They've never had to like give any kind of real critical thinking about anything or, right. or strategize in any way. But like, OK, let's look at this. I mean, the, the biggest thing you have to worry about is like, you know, are we going to have enough wheat to, you know, to make our brew right. that'll last us through like, you know. The, between harvests, you know, that, that's what it. about second breakfasts? <laughs> and yeah, and that's not totally on Frodo. I think that that's all stuff that should have been discussed by Elrond and Gandalf, because they're the ones who are in control of this situation. Right. And, I mean, shit, Gandalf, who's supposedly, you know, he basically, in Catholic equivalence, kind of fills the role of an archangel. He He's in control of the situation, very largely. I would think that Gandalf would know that Barmir was being worked on by the ring. At some point, he has to know. It's like, oh no, you're you're a little too happy to be guarding Frodo's flank here. Yeah, I I think part of it is though that it's um it's like Jackie Brown mm-hmm. when Ordell says you can't trust Melanie. 
but you can trust Melanie to be Melanie. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like I can't trust Boromir completely, but I do need him, and I know I can trust him at least this much. So, at least just to get us through this patch right here. Yeah, yeah. Because if I don't have him with me. One, I'm probably going to have him against me. He's probably still going to be coming at us. At least here, I can keep an eye on him. And then when shit goes down, at least he'll be with us to help fight as opposed to you know laying in the cut and then waiting until right, we're weak right. and then coming in. So it's like, I can't trust Boromir, but I can trust Boromir to be Boromir. Yeah, so keep your enemies closer. Right. That's fair. But still, I just it seems it seems ludicrous to me. And yeah, I've I've heard all the film theory videos and all that of why the Eagles couldn't fly them all the way to Mordor, but it's like they could have gotten them over the damn mountains. <laughs> cuz well cuz I mean, I don't know how much you know about Eagles, but you know, Eagles can be assholes sometimes. <laughs> I mean, it's like, no, today's not a good day for flying, man. <laughs> <laughs> I don't really feel like it. Ask me later. I mean, they're they're super powerful in the Lord of the Rings mythos. They were like, they're like the second oldest of the created beings outside of the elves. It was like the high elves were made, or the gray elves, or whatever they're called in Lord of the Rings. Okay. And then immediately after that, the eagles were made. And so like they they got they got attitudes like, oh, they're better than us, bunch <laughs> of ego driven like feather punks, <laughs> feather bastards. But yeah, no, I mean, otherwise, yeah, Frodo handles things about as well as he can. I mean, he's not going to know everything about the world that he's in. But yeah, no, trusting trusting Gollum was a, a dumb move. Or maybe it's just that betraying Gollum was a dumb move, because he tricks Gollum into getting captured by Faramir and his men. And that's what brings Gollum back. At that point, it was purely Smeagol. Smeagol had driven Gollum away. Right. And so when Frodo tricks him into getting captured by them, that's when Gollum comes back and he's like, Oh, Smeagol, what's wrong, precious? Why does it crawl? Well, you know, that, I think that's the other part of it, too, is that the hobbits live these lives where they they don't know anything about deception. Mm-hmm. So it's, I keep comparing everything to everything else, but <laughs> it's one of it's one of my favorite things in, um, in uh, Avengers uh, Infinity War and Endgame yep. is... Um, is when uh, Thanos is talking to Gamora and he's like, you know, I taught you many things, how to fight and do this. He goes, but I never taught you how to lie. That's why you're so bad at it. <laughs> and it's that's such a great line. And what's really kind of cool about that is if you go back and you watch um, Guardians of the Galaxy 2, mm-hmm. when they're with, uh, uh, when they go in to get Nebula and Gamora's talking to Nebula in the beginning, and she says something to her, and uh, she's like, you're a liar. And he's like, she's like you can, she can see right through it. Yeah. And it, and then, of course, you know, when you get to to, um, to Infinity War, it's like, yeah, it's just that whole thing. It's like, I never taught you to do this. That's why you're so bad at it. And that's the thing with the Hobbits. Like, you've never had to betray someone before. It's not who you are. Mm-hmm. So you don't know how to do it. You don't really understand the repercussions of it either. Right, right. Yeah. You don't get that that's going to shaft you. Right. God, Sam's a badass, though. He is. I love that fight scene where he kills Shelob. I just love that. The, 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 just his focus and dedication is like, well, if I can't carry it, I'll carry you. Mm-hmm. God, that, that makes me cry to this day. <laughs> I, when they're there and they're at, uh, I was returning to like a Lord of the Rings podcast. <laughs> Pretty much. But when they're we'll there. movies after this. <laughs> and they're at, uh, at uh, that uh, Mordor and he's like, you know, Mr. Frodo, I'll do this. There's and maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm just reading more and more into it than it should be. But 
I think that the, the there's an inner conflict in Sam because at that he because he knows that this is it that we're here this is this is the turning point for everything we mm-hmm. destroy the ring we're right here we're right here and it's like if you won't throw the ring in then I'm gonna have to throw you in the ring in yeah yeah and it's like and I don't want to do that and it's like he's trying even not to think about it but he knows that because his job is like it's protect Frodo but he's protected Frodo to where he is and I can't protect Frodo and save the world if if he's not going to do his part. Yep, yep. And there's that conflict of like, oh, it's like, I don't want to do this. Don't make me do this. That's really what it is. It's like, don't make me have to throw you into Mount oh, Doom. Yeah. Well, that's why when Frodo puts the ring on, Sam just says no, because it's like, oh, now he knows what comes next. Right. Now I got to kill you. <laughs> you done done it now, Mr. Frodo. <laughs> All right, so you got any movies? <sighs> do I have any movies? Yeah. God, um... Especially one where you feel like the hero could do better. One where the hero could do better. Man. God, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of stuck, man. <laughs> um, do you have another one that you can give me while I think? Let's see. I, I want to go by some of like our real mainstays. Uh, you know what? Let's let's just talk about Fight Club. Because we're talking about some of like our favorite films here. How would you have handled the situation differently were you in the narrator's position? Hmm. And I know that we've both talked about how, you know, as much as we think Fight Club is a cool idea, neither of us would be like, oh man, getting hit was totally worth it. I should get like six or seven more guys in on this. We could all just take turns hitting each other. But, you know, assuming that, you know, the the events of the movie unfold, you know, this super charismatic Ubermensch manages to talk you into forming this thing. Um, you know, there's, 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 uh, you know, Differences between the book and the movie, mm-hmm. um, and you know, in the in the book, he does a pretty good. He he does something that that it's a I'm not say it's a smart move, but it's a very um, I guess smart move for him because he is still kind of like like a kind of a weak guy. Yeah, you know, like he even says kind of you know, you're you're, um, like uh, uh you're not the same person uh, in Fight Club that you are in the real world. Mm-hmm. So in Fight Club, he is this guy that fights and not he can take a punch. But in the real world, like when he's not in Fight Club, he he's not that guy. He can't take a punch. He can't, yeah, you know. Yeah. And and so so when he's even trying to, to to like protect himself, like or fight, he you know, he can't do it. Which why in the book there's that scene where he goes to Fight Club and he challenges everybody there. Yep. And basically just lets them beat the shit out of him, hoping that they'll kill him or hurt him in a way that Tyler can't take over. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, and because that's like, like the smartest move he can play that he has. Um, and of course, it doesn't work, but it fucks him up. Mm-hmm. God, his face is all busted to shit. Permanently ruined. Yeah. I mean, they, they described like the... The how it splits the sides of his cheeks open, giving that Halloween like uh, like mm. Jack Lantern face. I was like, oh, um, which I can kind of see why they didn't put that in the movie. But man, that would have been badass. Oh uh, yeah. Um. <clears throat> so um. So and, yeah, in the book, he kind of does what he can because the thing is, even after all that, he can't man up. Even though I've already said this about you know about uh, Frodo, but he can't because that's not him. That's mm-hmm. Tyler. And, and the thing is, for him to do that is, and almost in a way, it's like it's him becoming Tyler, which is what Tyler wants. Yeah. So it's it, it's 
it's I can't because he's going to win, but also I can't because that proves uh, because I'm not capable of it. I'm not capable of it. that's what you do. That's not what I do. Right. right. Um, and and which is why it's not even a matter of hey, let me show you how to be a better person. Tyler is like, I need to take over. I can't. I have to take over your life, take over this body, and just get rid of you because. You're not capable of being this person. If you were capable of it, you would have done it a long time ago. Right. I, right. I can't. I can't turn you into this. I. I can't. You know, shape you into it. I just have to. You know, just become the the, the dominant person now. Right. So Jack does what he can. Um. What. Um. Uh, uh, what would I do differently? He tries to get himself. You know. Can it, I don't know. It's, it's really tough when you really think about that. Even so, you would think, well, okay, he turns himself in the, in the movie, turns himself into the police, and like you know, it's a you know, it's brilliant and blah blah blah. He's like, but uh, you said that if anybody does this, you know, got to take the, you know, got to take the balls, right? And of course, he fights. But the the reason he's fighting there to get away isn't just because they're going to take his balls. It's also because. Like they're the police and they're not doing anything right, right. To, to stop it. And that's what he wants. He wants this this plan to be stopped. Where if he if he went to the real the real police and they're like, okay, we're gonna throw you in jail. He's like, yeah, that's exactly what I want. Yeah, he's not man enough to kill himself. Um, uh, well, he's yeah, he's not really man enough to kill himself. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I one thing he never that he doesn't do on his own um like when he when he gets sleep when he gets sleep you know um tyler doesn't doesn't show up right except there gets to a point where he crosses boundary now to where when he sleeps that's when tyler manifests so so he he doesn't have like his um his safety mechanism anymore right right at that point then what you need to do is stay awake for as long as you can hmm and you don't see him do that. You don't see him just take any kind of amphetamines or whatever. Something just keeps him awake as long as he possibly can. Yeah, Nightmare on Elm Street style. Right. I never thought about that. That's good. Um, and I think the other thing is that when you do that, you put yourself in a position to where when you do fall asleep, um, like go to, I don't know, the tallest building or something, you know, and hang yourself off the ledge or something like that so that... When you do fall asleep, you'll die. Right, right. Because you know, because the problem is when he falls asleep, he doesn't know if he's obviously going to become Tyler, and he doesn't know if if he'll ever come back. Right, right. So you've got you've got to find you've got to keep him out. You got to you know take something that's going to keep you awake for as long as you possibly can. Just supercharge yourself, and then try to find a way to stop it. And you know the guys in Fight Club aren't going to kill you. Right. Yeah, you because know, they, 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 they idolize you. Um, and you're you're their their new, you know, new messiah. Mm-hmm. So uh it's I think that's what I would do. If I if I wasn't able to do that though, in the end of the movie, you know, I mean the end of the book, um when he thinks everything is over because you know his plan doesn't work. And the movie's plan works and the book's plan doesn't work. Right. Um and he realizes that the thing that he created is never going away, mm-hmm. but it is still contingent upon him. Right, right. So now that he's in a position where he's incarcerated in some fashion, right, he just has to find a way to keep himself incarcerated. Right, right. 
That's kind of what I was thinking, you know. I think the first thing when you realize exactly who Tyler is in relation to you, first thing I would have done would have been like, okay, well, next time I'm about to fall asleep, I'm going to handcuff myself to the bed and I'm going to throw the key across the room where I cannot possibly get to it. And when I wake up the next morning, I will yell for help and get somebody down here. So the problem with that is that um, is the uh, the bomb in the truck. Mm-hmm. Which is, you know... If you know it, then I know it. Yeah. So if that's your plan, when he comes in, it's like, oh, yeah, the key's across the room. I'm going to yell for help. Right, right. Uh, there's a... So then you would pretty much just have to sentence yourself if you don't have, like, the balls to actually kill yourself. Which, I mean, that's not a matter of balls, but... <laughs> if you're not going to kill yourself, then you would just have to go somewhere totally isolated where nobody's going to find you and then chain yourself up. Just kind of do like Banner does when he's turning into the Hulk. Mm-hmm. And and you and you have to do it in a way that it, I think you have to resign yourself to that when you do this, there's no way out for you. Yeah. Because if there's a way out for you, there's a way out for him. Yeah. Now the the trade off there is that yes, that does, you know, that does leave the bomb in the truck because it's totally automated at that point. And Tyler makes that clear that you know it doesn't matter if you can stop him at this point, his guys have it all totally going in hand. Mm-hmm. And every time he calls one of the buildings, they're like, no, no, it's all well in hand, sir. It's, it's all going exactly according to the plan. So even that wouldn't necessarily stop things. So I think upon realizing that that's not going to stop things, obviously, yes, I understand why he went to the police. I probably would have done the same thing. Um, but I think once you realize that that's out, you need to go to the FBI or the CIA. You need to go to something on a higher level. And... Say, you know, here's here's all these stacks of evidence. Now, time was pretty short for him. Yeah. He didn't really have the time to really make that happen the way it needed to. He only had a couple hours. But, uh, yeah, but I, I think that would have at least been somewhere that my mind went to, is, you know, this, this is going to take something really, really serious. So, I think the other thing, so if, I, it, the only way this would work is if you resigned yourself to, like, I don't have a way of stopping the bombs. Mm-hmm. Um is uh, you have to this I mean this is more of just like a like a fuck you to yourself and then it is an actual solution <laughs> but you you stop by the uh, you know stop by like the the pharmacy get yourself some uh, like some something that's gonna put you to sleep right some kind of like pills something that's gonna put you to sleep maybe drink a whole bottle of Benadryl I don't know <laughs> um, but you uh, you do that you go um, Get a uh, some razor blades, uh, or just a, you know a knife. You go to where the bomb is. You take the sleeping pills, the Benadryl, whatever it is. You handcuff yourself, or you know, to the in, inside the truck. You know, mm-hmm. feet, arms, or whatever. Um, slit your wrists and fall asleep, so that when you fall asleep, Tyler takes over and he sees exactly where he is. He's in the bomb, in the car with the bomb. Yep. His wrists are slit. He's handcuffed. Nobody is coming to get him. Yep. And yep. he's not going to be able to lead his army into the new world. Again, <laughs> it's, it's it's still pretty, it's pretty much the same thing. It's still the suicide thing. But in this case, you're not really committing suicide. You're killing Tyler. Right, right. Because you're not like, putting a gun to your head and you're, you're, and you're, you're basically... It's a way, basically a way of just tricking yourself and saying, I'm not doing this. Right. Um, and then you put yourself to sleep so that when he goes, when he wakes up, and then if there's a way he can stop it, he would. Right, right. But that also keeps him, you know, out of commission until, you know, he recovers. And then you just, if, if that if that actually shakes out, then you just have to try to figure out a way to, you know, 
to get yourself active again if possible. Right, right. But yeah, that's, that's a hard one because, you know, from the outside in, you really want him to succeed. But if you were that person, you're like, no, nah, I don't really want him to succeed. You know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it's uh, it's, it's tough. It's, 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 it's a very, obviously, it's a very Jekyll and Hyde kind of situation, but it's very Jekyll and Hyde in the sense that, you know, when these other people come out, they're like, I'm alive. Mm-hmm. And only one of us can live because we don't like each other. And we when we want the full time in this body, and for me to go away basically means for me to die, and I don't want to die. Right. Yeah. Right. So. So yeah. Okay. Good answers. Uh, take a break, and then uh, maybe come back with another one or two. Yeah. Sure. All right. All right. So we will take a break right here, and we will join. And well, just I was just like, yeah, we'll be back. And maybe yeah, no time passes for you guys. <laughs> so if there's a uh, if there's an ad in here, listen to the ad, and um, you know, I, I don't know what what do you guys do when you listen to ads. I mean, I mean, I just kind of check out myself. Yeah, <laughs> I, I try not to skip them though, because I'm like, hey, yeah, I like the least I can do. But yeah, all right. You guys do do whatever you do, and uh, we'll be right back. Bye. And we're back. Oh well, no, not yet, because I was going to actually take this time to actually kind of think of something before we came oh, back. Oh, you actually were. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Plus, I wanted to unwrap my muffin here. I didn't want to make uh, a bunch of noise on the mic. I'll just do it right in the mic. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah. Here, I'll do it. We're, we remember I'll season three. We're trying to be more professional. You're That's... trying to be more professional. Here we go. There we go. <sighs> <laughs> Um, uh, I'm really trying to think of a, like what I could or would do differently um, in, a, in a situation or like a movie. Yeah. Like, uh, I don't know. Hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm really trying. I'm looking over my at my 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 my, my movie rack there. Um. I've got another one for you. Okay, I got one. I got one. Oh, okay, sweet. Okay, you ready? Hit me. Uh, are we? Are we back? Yeah. Oh, we've been back. I really want you to cut that out. I mean, I really want you to cut that out. We're definitely back. <laughs> Damn you! <laughs> you know, if you start editing them, you can cut out whatever you want. I'm, 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 yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah, it's just really nice of you to say when, like, you know, we record on your computer with your <laughs> microphone. I'll drop box it to you. That you that you insist on using. <laughs> no, no, no. I, let, let me do it. Let me do it. I um, like this microphone. Not as much as I like the Spark, but it's it's a good microphone. Uh, so, um, all right. So, I got one. All right. <sighs> Reanimator. I don't know Reanimator super well. You've seen it though, right? No. You've never seen Reanimator? No, we always talk about it. See, we never got around to it. This is the this is the thing that's hard for me when you're like, okay, pick one movie for me. Like this one, you're like, <laughs> I haven't really seen that one yet. Um, what about this one? I know of it. Um, <laughs> and what about this one? It's on my list. Yeah. Uh, I got a lot on my list. <laughs> okay. Um, hmm. To be fair, I didn't watch Reanimator yet because I thought that we were going to watch it together. But okay, <laughs> you never told me that. You told me you were going to show it to me. Yeah, but you do that all the time. You're like, yeah. Oh, I finally got around to watching this one. You did. You're like, yeah. And I was like, oh, oh okay. You're like, what? What's up? No, no, nothing, nothing, nothing. <laughs> I'm not going to cry. I'm not going to cry. <laughs> hold it together. Hold it together. <gasps> <gasps> 
You just gotta man up a little bit. Just, uh, just, just, um, sunshine, lollipops, <laughs> everything is wonderful, you bastard. <laughs> um, so, uh, let's think, let's think, let's think. Um, God. All right, you go again, because I'm, because I just had something and you threw it, you threw it away. Well, sorry. <laughs> Excuse me, all the hell. Man, new Aunt May is so hot. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, new Aunt May is so Oh my goodness. <laughs> That's something I do different if I were in that movie. <laughs> Aunt Hottie's oh man. <laughs> no, um, how about baby driver? You're in baby situation. What do you do different? Hmm. I think we're coming at this the wrong way, because we're coming at this from movies that are pretty good movies. Yeah. That are pretty well written. Oh yeah. I don't think the baby could do anything different. Like, if I was a baby, I don't think I would do anything different. I can't kill Doc. I'm not a killer. Right. I can't stop working for him because I tried that and I thought it was done and I'm not. Right. And he just, you know, threatens a girl that, that I've fallen in love with. I can't just walk away and leave her because, dude, she's so freaking cute. Deborah is so, <laughs> oh my God. She's adorable. She, oh man. Yeah, I'm, I'm not going to get anything like that again. You know, with my, like, no talking, no hearing ass. I mean, shit. <laughs> Tell you something I would do different were I in baby situation. Darling? Hell yeah. <laughs> no, no. Um, I mean, I would, but no. And uh, what I was talking about is I would try to get docked where I can talk to him alone and say, hey, man, Bats is a fucking threat to the success of this mission. <laughs> like, at this point, I'm going to have to just accept my fate. Yeah, I'm, I'm your driver, obviously. You're not going to let me get out of this. But here's what just went down. Here's what happened. Here's what I've seen Bats do. He killed people in a gas station just to steal some gum, which is automatically going to put eyes on us when we don't want eyes on us to pull this heist off successfully. He killed your cops. Those are your contacts. That's going to compromise you making future plans. Mm. Shit. The guy... The guy in Baby Driver who is selling them the guns. Yeah. The one that gives them all the, 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 the choice cuts of meat. Yeah. That's fucking Paul Williams, the guy from Phantom of Paradise. The wow. one, the one that rebuilds the Phantom, yeah. the little dumpy guy they were talking about—that's fucking him. <laughs> that's cool. He's like, cool. <laughs> but yeah, no, I think that's what I would do differently: is say, you know, Doc, you and I need a private conversation away from everybody else. Because here's here's my take on the success of this mission. But how are you going to do that? Because you can't have that conversation until after you convince Doc I'm the driver and we have to do this. Yeah. So when are you going to have time to 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 pull him aside? I need to. Uh, I need to. Because we all we all are gonna say right here, right. And then they will all keeping eyes on baby. Because when he tries to leave, mm-hmm. right, then Buddy stops him. Yep. And then, of course, Bats shows up. Bats fucked up their first mission too. Right. He demonstrated that he was a loose cannon with the first mission. But Buddy and Darling are not going to. They need that score because they need to get high again, mm-hmm. and they need that thrill. So they're going to go along with it, even though they don't like bats. Yep. They're going to go along with it because they're jonesing. Yeah. So how are you going to be, when are you going to find the time? Because they're they're doing like, like what's 8 a.m. or something like that. Yeah. When are you going to find that time there to be able to get Doc aside and be like, look, Doc, plus the score has to happen tomorrow. He can't replace bats. Remember, he's going to write the whole thing off. Yeah. And they were, they were like, like just, just get someone else, man. He's like, no. Mm-hmm. So... 
the score either happens or it doesn't. Hmm. And I'd, and Buddy and Darling are not going to let you do that. I mean, I think I'd rather see the score just not happen rather than have it all fall apart. I think though, Buddy and Darling are going to have because he already said he was back then. So he's like, you no, know, I'm sure Buddy's got a guy, don't you? Yep. So they were if if it came down to that, I believe they would have killed Doc, tried to do the mission themselves. If they succeeded, use Buddy's fence, and then that's what have tried to kill Buddy and Darling. Probably so. You know, and just like I was saying with the Lord of the Rings thing, it's probably not going to have changed the outcome of what exactly happened in the movie. It's just like, th- that's where my mind would have gone. Mm-hmm. And maybe I wouldn't have even been able to successfully take Doc aside and talk to him. But, I mean, like, that's that's just my first thought is, you should you should know from the word go that it's like, no, Bats is not a good choice. You should have known that by the end of the second mission. Well, Doc vets his people. Fairly well. I mean, mm-hmm. obviously, JD was a, kind of a fuck up, but <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> but you have to say that JD has had to have done some things uh, properly in order to make it to that point. Yeah. So he fucked up for whatever reason, but um, but he was somewhat competent prior to that. So saying that he's he knows bats and he knows what bats is capable of. Um, and he. It's like, you know, you hire certain people for certain jobs. So the first job that, that we see, we don't know exactly what the job is, except for, you know, they're robbing a bank or whatever it is. And since Doc is just not the kind of guy who's like, we're going to rob a bank, his, his scores are bigger than that. Right. They were doing something else, but he had the right crew for that. People that would shoot if they had to, but that wasn't their first thing. Right. He brings Bats in on the second job because it's an armored car heist, and he knows that it's probably going to be a chance that they're going to get shot or they're going to, they might have to shoot somebody right. and he needs someone that's not going to hesitate and we'll possibly shoot first, which is not necessarily a good thing, but I do want someone who's just a tad bit trigger happy as opposed to someone who's going to be like, I'll only shoot if necessary because you will try to convince yourself that it's not necessary hmm. and then you're getting yourself shot. So I'd rather have someone who is more ready to shoot, because because even if he does, I know he's also not going to let anybody live. Right, right. So I still win as opposed to someone who then could pull like a fucking JD. Right. So so I so going and taking him on that other mission too, where they're hitting the uh, hitting the bank. He's got bats there um, because it, I, in my eyes, he's like I know there's a possibility that I'm going to need a big shooter and Buddy and Darling. They will shoot, but bats is a lot more methodical. Is he? Because I think he's more of an agent of chaos. <laughs> as far as far as killing goes. He's thorough when he kills. I'll give him that. Right. So think about when Buddy and Darling went up there. What does she do? She grabs two guns, gets in front of a damn car, puts herself <laughs> right out in the open, and then shoots all over the place. And then Buddy blames Baby. And was like, he's like, this is your fault, Baby. I'm like, no. Why did she get behind cover? Because they're not that smart. Yeah. But that was a super hot moment. Yeah. But Bats, though... Completely different. Yeah. So that's what I mean, like, like methodical. He's thorough. Like, he's going to make sure that, you know, that always, so in the event that, um, that shit goes down, they're, they're too, they'll shoot, but they're also too much of a liability Hmm. as where Bats isn't. Yeah. No, I I feel like he's pure liability. (laughs) I mean, I, I totally get what you're saying, but I just, like that, that heist could have been extremely successful had Bats not fucked everything up. Uh, well, actually, no. No. The heist could not have been successful. 
How not? How so not? Okay, so so let's say everything goes the way it's supposed to go. Um, they go air, they get the guns, and Bats is an asshole, right? He's 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 aggressive. He's, he's just a complete jerk. But he hasn't done anything yet. To I mean, so he killed the clerk, right? Mm-hmm. He hasn't done anything yet to to make me think that you know, outside of just being you know, it's just someone that wants to get his gun off that that he's uh he's would be would jeopardize what, what we're gonna do. They go to the diner after the big shootout because he's like you know mm-hmm. it's like he's like now it's like all oh, my adrenaline's pumping I gotta get some food and they go to the diner then right. had they just made the drug the gun deal like they were supposed to they never would have gone to the diner they would have gone right back to Doc's place right and the mission would have been successful but also it the mission would have been successful they would have done what they were supposed to do but it wouldn't have freed baby. No, 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 I don't think it would have freed baby. Like I said, my whole approach here is that I'm just accepting my fate. That you've got me. You've got me and you're in control of the situation. So that's the whole reason I would have been approaching it differently to begin with. Baby's goal from the word jump was to escape. Mm-hmm. He wanted to get Deborah. He wanted to get out. For me, I think once I realized it's like, you said that we're square and yet now you're here shaking me down not even letting me have a date and you're still going to get me to do another job at that point it's like fine i'm going to make sure that this is successful because at that point it's like when you have no other choice you might as well be damn good at what you do <laughs> also think that that's what killed baby after that mission once he got them to safety i think that's what killed him probably so that's why i don't think bats should have been on that mission <laughs> right but i'm saying right from from not from Doc's point, from Baby's point of view, he would have killed him because he he already didn't like him, mm-hmm. you know, and and you know, knowing if he does any more jobs with him, he's going to have to use me, Baby, and it's like, and just because Bats is kind of guy was like, this guy's got a skill, yep, you know, like you said, I'm chaos and I do one thing well, which is kill people, um, but to say I, I I do that well, it's not like I'm just going to train like Seal or Ranger or something like that, right? Yeah, you know, I'm just a I'm just a street thug that likes to you know just you know. Just kill people, so and it's, it's not like a, like a, that kind of a skill. I just yeah, you know, I just make sure they're dead and, because that's what I like to do. Mm-hmm. This guy's got a skill; he can do something that most people can't do. Doc can find a hired gun anywhere, right? 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 I mean, there there are like twenty other people like me. Yeah. What What was that ex mafia hitman? What was it that he said on Geraldo? It was like, "Give me ten grand, and I can find you a hitman on any street corner in Point Pleasant." <laughs> so. So that's why, that's why Bats hates him. Yeah, it's because he's got he's got something he doesn't have, and and like he, um, Doc says is that, you know, he's been my driver, you know, every mission for however long. Mm-hmm. I haven't used you, Bats, on every mission I've done. Right, right. This guy has gotten a cut of money from every job. You know, I do big jobs. Yep, yep. So he's been getting paid. I've only paid you like maybe four or five times over four or five years. Mm-hmm. That's got to eat at him. I'd, I'd say it does. I guess, you know, and maybe it's more instead of if I were in Baby's position, what would I do, do differently? If I were in Doc's position, it's what I would do differently. Because Bats is the kind of guy you hire when you need to send a message. Mm-hmm. If Like, there's two types of, of hits that you put out on people. There's the really quiet ones where the person just kind of disappears and they never find the body. 
and it's like you you get your job done and you never get caught but there's also the kind of hits where you convey a message and you fucking riddle them with bullets and you blow their house up and you leave their corpse strewn out on the front yard right and like yeah that's that's the kind of thing that bats is good at doing a high stakes heist is not the kind of thing bats is good at it's just i I think it's a big mistake on doc's part Mm. i can see that i mean but he may have been desperate though Maybe. He does not seem like the kind of guy who gets desperate, though. Well, I think that job just kind of fell into his lap, though. Right? I think so, because it was kind of a rush job. And then he had to put together a crew, um, and you know he had just recently used Buddy and Darling. He had just recently used Bats. Um, hmm. So, you know, it's like, mm, I got to put together a crew of people. And I don't really have a lot of time to, to think about it. And plus, you have to think about you You're dealing with criminals here. Yeah. So... Some of your people that you normally would use are either dead, in jail, right? Mm-hmm. Or they could be off doing something else, or they're hiding out because they didn't do their last job so well. Right. So right. out of my list of 100 people, like, on any given moment, I probably have 10 at the most I can use. Yeah, yeah. That's fair. And it, it, we don't know any of this. We're all just speculating. But yeah, yeah I mean, yeah. <laughs> again, you're saying that like, why would you pull somebody like Bats in? That's probably why. Maybe. I don't know. It, it just seems it seems out of character for Doc. It's like he's he's so meticulous with his plans and he does them so well. And then it's like I'm I'm gonna hire this guy twice. And it just it go. I'm always gonna take it back to the analogy of you know how how many times does a guy have to stick his dick in your frosty before you fire him? Right. It's like you know at, at some point it's like oh yeah no well he's kind of a fuck up. I'll tell you right now, if that job had not gone through, if they did not do that, if they had canceled the job, you better believe that you would have heard about it. If he had had to cancel that job and miss out on that money, mm-hmm. and then, you know, Doc, he arranges these things, you know. So, yeah. if he's saying that his job is going to be worth $500,000, however that job came to him, I'm, you know, I'd say like a quarter of that is going to whoever brought him the job to begin with. Right. And then you guys are splitting the rest of it. So if he then has to turn around and tell them that, no, we couldn't do the job after I said it could, that's a hit to his reputation too. Mm-hmm. Oh no, you guys are going to feel that. You certainly would. <laughs> I'm never going to financially recover from this. You know, so yeah, I mean, I, if they had, if they had to cancel that job, I wouldn't be surprised if Doc would have, would have had all of them killed. Hmm. Again, that makes sense. Yeah, that totally makes sense. To be continued. All right, there, folks. That was our moms think we're funny. Let's uh, let's give them a hand. <laughs>